With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bill Self has his head up his ass so much. But not in that game. Not in that game. That's just for you, Nick. You've been you've been the, the best in, a, in attendance of the two of you guys. And, and also pick them. But hey, we'll get there. Uh, that was I'm just for you. I'm leaving the show because of that drop. Oh, really? Okay, how about this one instead? Better? That's better. Yeah. All right. Well, that's how Kansas played because, hello. I guess the, the very first thing I really should have opened the show with, I, every time they beat Texas, we open the show the same way. So I guess I probably should just start with that. Hey, Patrick, what am I now? Uh, stupid? No, I'm Texas. What's the difference? <laughs> oh, I love comedy. So do you, because you're listening to this wonderfully comedic genius, uh, extraordinary, extraordinavigant. How about that? Extravagant and extraordinary, extraordinary and extravagant together. Extraordinate. How about that? That's what this podcast mm. is. This is Inside the Paint. KU beat Texas, and uh, all of us are going to beat a dead horse. I'm Ryan Landreth. I'm Sleepy the Dwarf. I am uh, Eddie the Smurf. So in one of the biggest twists in the history of Inside the Paint, Landon had to bail on a podcast at the last minute on Friday night because you were planning a party? Like a block party? Uh, no, it was a, it was a game party. We, we did a, me and a friend of mine uh, did a best of seven game party for uh, our collective friend group. Uh, and it was really fun. Some have even said it's the best party their friend group has ever had. Wow. That, that sounds a little Trumpy, but I'll take your word for it. That party my party, the best never party. Been a party. It was the best party of all time. China's <laughs> never had a party this good. Well, uh, speaking of Trump. Get that son of a bitch off the field. That's what Texas should be saying about Rodney Terry, because he led his team of Longhorns into Allen Fieldhouse, and they got absolutely railed. <laughs> Kansas hangs 86 on the Longhorns. That is a Trumpian thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to talk about Kansas beating Texas and then maybe the wildest weekend of college basketball yet this year. We are just three weeks now from Selection Sunday, getting closer and closer. We're going to talk all about it. Let's do it. Mary. Still undefeated, so you get Mary still. Number nine, Kansas 86, Texas 67. Here's my Texas assessment. Ass. They are. Ass. And there's no reason they should be because what is. Uh, without Kevin McCuller, who we'll talk about, Kansas made quick and easy work of Texas, jumping to a 28-15 lead and staying ahead by double digits for the entirety of the second half. The offense hummed along. The defense was terrific. It was a well-rounded, complete effort. The Jayhawks put forth a complete performance after a week of rest. It is February, it is late February, and rounding into form come the Kansas Jayhawks, a tale as old as time. Gotta be pretty happy about the way that game went, right? No complaints. Maybe the best of conference play. Yeah, they looked really good in the highlights that I saw due to the aforementioned party that kept me away from watching the game. But they did yeah. seem to dominate, even without McCuller, which is impressive. Second time Nick that they've truly 
ran an opponent without Kevin. This is the state of ITP where we don't watch the game at all. We just talk about something we saw highlights from. <laughs> so, Nick, you've been very pessimistic. R- Ryan, Ryan would harass me if I skipped yet another podcast, so I have to take my lumps on this am one. I a, am I the harassing supervisor? Is that my title? Do I harass whenever you miss shows? I think I kind of do, don't I? Uh, definitely used to, yeah. Not, well, not I used actually, to. But... Uh, right, yeah, just more banter and, and here in this in this. Podcast. You try to you try to you try to make me you try to make whoever's missing the show do the show until they eventually cave to your That's ways. That's true. <laughs> mm, okay, yeah, that is true because here in America these days these Gen Zers are so soft they have it so easy. Actually, wanting them to put in some work, and they're like, "Oh, I don't want to work. I'm scared to work." Right? That's 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 the. That's exactly that's... what people said about the millennials, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's pe- what people probably said about Gen X. And that's what people could say about Rodney Terry because he is Ass. at everything that's he does. There's difference between the not boomers. wanting to work and having a guy that just shouldn't. <laughs> Nick, you were pessimistic about Kansas uh, for a good part of the year, and I feel like you've had a little bit more confidence in them recently. Wow, I'm just grasping at straws trying to find some sort of segue here. Tell me your thoughts about this game. <laughs> I I thought it was a shade of Houston. They they put their foot on the gas when, for one of the rare few times this season they came out of the shoots just playing fantastic. And albeit the start of the second half, they played a complete 38 minutes in this game without Kevin McCullough. Obviously, that's the, the big storyline. But I think even further than that, like we're going to talk about, they got key bench contributions. Obviously, Nick Timberlake looked great. Uh, that white man can jump. Um, and then <laughs> you've got other, you know, some key plays from, you know, Jamari McDowell making a shot and, and Parker Brown playing some good substitutionary minutes. And so overall, you know, the, the guy's obviously missing Kevin for the fourth game and, and seem, seems like seven games at this point. Um, and, and they, they rallied behind it and they, they continue to show how they've just been dominant in Allen Fieldhouse. And, uh, yeah. So we begin with a stat and it should be a plus Kansas stat, but it's just a shot at Virginia because F Virginia with capital F and capital last three letters of that word. Uh, Kansas scored more points in the first half against Texas than Virginia did in the game. And that stat was also true if you talk about Virginia's other game from this week. Uh, good offense by Kansas, but just just throwing that stat out there. Virginia's going to take a pounding on this podcast. I have lots of Virginia stuff to talk about because I hate them. And I would rather get a root canal on no pain management medication than watch one second of Tony Bennett's basketball team play. Uh, but okay, uh, well, more about them later. Let's talk about somebody who's the opposite of Virginia, as in good at offense. Nick, tell me about Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, Hunter Dickinson, fantastic as he has been all season. Uh, fed was fed early, and when you feed the big dick, he often scores a lot of points to the tune of twenty points and seven rebounds in this game. I did not mean to make that an innuendo. Uh, mm. Just start with his last name, Dick. Uh, Dickinson was nine for seventeen from the floor in thirty-three minutes. My favorite, uh, Ryan's favorite play though, isn't that one. It's the stat sheet. No, it's one that's one not that's in the stat sheet, sheet. Yes. and it is whatever Max Acemus had a. Uh, the word I, that first came to mind was bitch ass. I don't know if I can say that. I just, so I'm just going to call it cowardly because that's better. We don't say not safe for work things on this podcast. No, at the end of the game, at the end of the game, Texas is getting blown. Their, do- their doors are blown off him. And, and he's like, you know, I don't feel like Nick Timberlake dunking this ball. So I'm just going to grab him with both hands and try to pull him to the ground. I thought it was pretty lousy. And Hunter Dickinson got right in that man's face. And it just the sheer touching of his chest to Ace Miss's chest pushed Ace Miss back about a foot. 
he was having none of it. And everybody talks about how soft Hunter Dickinson is, and I'm so over it because he's clearly not. But in addition to being a great basketball player, what a great teammate. He was having none of that in a 20-point game. And I thought that was pretty cool. That's my observation of the day. Texas going to be Texas and do stuff like that. And Hunter said, nope, not in my house you're not. I thought that was good. Landon didn't see it because he doesn't watch the games. He just saw the highlights. That's true. That's but you believe analysis. me. You can, you can believe Texas throwing some cheap shots, and you can believe Hunter Dickinson not being there for it. I definitely believe that. That is a very Hunter Dickinson thing to do. I imagine he just walked up to him with his forearm placed where he does that. <laughs> Dickinson was great. Uh, this is this is a not great defense statistically, but certainly an athletic one. And we've seen Marquette and UCF have athletic five men that gave Dickinson trouble. Dylan DeSue didn't play very well, but he's still that mold of an athletic, can can really shoot the ball, so he's not just under the basket. That's the sort of player that Dickinson has struggled to defend, and I thought he did a really good job on both ends of the floor. Uh, rebounded well, uh, was a was the tied for the lead and rebounder. I guess one one off the team lead and rebound in a game that they dominated on the glass. If Hunter Dickinson's not your leading rebounder, it used to be bad things for Kansas. I think now it means that it's just a more balanced effort because like KJ had eight, which is great. Furphy had eight, that's awesome. Dickinson being the third leading rebounder is usually a good thing unless he just has an apocalyptic game. So. So, yeah, I thought he was really good. Somebody else that was really good, Landon, K.J. Adams, the other half of the front court, played really well. Yeah, K.J. Adams, focal part of the game plan. Uh, and Ryan thinks he might have been the best player on the floor. He had 16 points and 8 rebounds. Very nice number to see from K.J. in 32 minutes. Uh, an excellent 8 of 12 from the floor. Uh, very typical K.J. Adams game uh, for the first time in a couple of weeks. Nick, are the problems resolved here for K.J. or is this a little bit of a fluke? I don't know if the problems are resolved from KJ. Obviously, we had concerns about this Texas uh, front court coming into this game. He looked good in this game. Um, really, just I think part of it was more strategic. It wasn't a lot of him throwing wild shots off the glass like he has in the past. It was a little bit more methodical, getting him the ball in the paint, making or, or making that pat patented jump shot he does right by the free throw line. It was a little bit more of his game. Uh, did not look sped up. He gets sped up often, it seems like, especially when he's trying to score, and that's when he tends to make more mistakes. Definitely was a much more cleaner game for, for KJ Adams, and obviously KU plus nine on the glass in this game. A, a typical area of fault is when they're not getting as many rebounds as they should. There were a couple times in this game where Texas was getting some offensive rebounds. But overall, I don't think you can fault him for any of that. They won by 20, and uh, he looked great. Any game that KJ has like six or more rebounds, he's gonna be a fantastic bet to be the best player on the game and the floor because he scores well, he shoots a high percentage, he's a better free throw shooter than he's been at any point in his career, and he's a good defender. All he's got to do is rebound. I mean, if if any game where KJ has eight rebounds is is gonna be an all Big Twelve caliber performance. That's that's his measuring stick, and there doesn't seem to be a pattern uh, with who he rebounds well against because Texas is a pretty good rebounding team. Uh, they have a lot of size at least, and KJ posted great numbers there. And we've seen KJ not rebound against teams like Oklahoma who can't rebound at all. So weird. Uh, whenever he's in the right place at the right time, he's he's an excellent complete player, and all he needs to do is rebound to get there. Not controversial to say that Hunter or KJ were great players on Saturday. It is a little controversial to talk about the uniforms. What did you guys think? I was surprised at some of Twitter's thoughts. I liked them. They look great. 
Yes, I think that's the right take. Sweep it. We all three like them. There were some some controversies with them on Twitter. Some people thought they were boring, and I thought the block letters on the back looked really good. I liked that. They weren't the best uniforms Kansas ever had, but they were good ones. What are the best uniforms they've worn in the self era? Uh, Joel Embiid, Cream, Cursive Blue, Jayhawk. The Cream Cursives are pretty good. Really? See, I, everybody says that. I liked the pants whenever they wore those, the shorts. They just had, like, the, the, the head of the Jayhawk in, in white and blue. Uh, I think uh, they I, also wore a 1985 I, I, or 88 throwback against Texas. The and circus, Frank the circus, yeah, the circus font ones elite. are always the best. Yeah, circus fonts really good. Uh, they wear red ones every once in a while. Any red is very good. Any gray is in the bottom half immediately. By anything under gray. anything uh, with the Trojan font on it is trash. So. I don't know if it's trash. It's not my favorite. Landon, are you talking about... So I think the one you're talking about is from 15, not 17, when they played Texas and it was real close and they wore, like, the really old throwbacks, right? Uh, Yeah, probably. Perry Ellis played really well in that game, and we all know he had 18 different years that you can get mixed up with, so that's fair. Uh, You guys don't really like the gray jerseys. In the 2020 year, they wore uh, gray with Kansas straight across. Yeah, those are okay. The only time I liked the Trajan font ones was whenever it said Kansas straight across. I don't really like how it's curved. I think straight across Kansas looks pretty good because it's bigger letters. And the Sunflower uniform. The 2020, 2019-2020 season, those uniforms are the worst. The, really? The stripes on the sides of the pants did not match the pattern of the tops. Uh, it was I, just like a I red. No. It, it was just red accent. It, I don't like. I don't think that looks good, especially with the Trajan font. I liked those uniforms. I thought the next year, the COVID team's uniforms were horrible. Uh, well, yeah. I didn't like the fact that Adidas moved the logo from the side, the top of the side of the jersey to the middle. Yeah. I, I think it made it yeah, look that, a little bit more sucks. like Chinese uh, black market jerseys. Um, I'm trying to find, like, just a list. Like, everyone loves the circus font ones. Those are those are really good. And they're going to those permanently next year, I think. So Is that, is that the actually? rumor? Yep, I've I've heard that, and Nick knows a lot about uh, about uniforms. He's he's the uniform extraordinaire, so I'll take his word for it. Uh, I liked the 2010, 2008, kind of that era of the blue uniforms where they had the the white stripe. It, it seemed that there was more white that featured on there. The the game in West, against West Virginia in 18, whenever they honored the 10-year anniversary, they wore them. I thought they were just more Kansas-like. And then you guys remember in the West Virginia comeback in 2017 at Allen Fieldhouse, they wore like a Black History Month throwback where it said Kansas in red letters, but the jersey was white. Does that ring a bell at all? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Those were good. I remember those that. Those were really good, yeah. I'm still surprised Nick didn't like the the 1920 team. I thought those were good. I liked how it I said Kansas straight were. across. They looked cheap. I remember the Anytime iced out Kansas ones. Kansas straight across is not good. Uh, the Wiggins team, boy, they wore a lot of different ones. They had the gray ones that said Jayhawks in cursive letters, and those are okay. Uh, the the what I think it was was it last year that they wore gray circus font ones, and those were okay. I think they I don't remember who they played in that game, but I remember gray circus font uniforms. Yeah, circus font's always very good. If they go back to circus font permanently, that would be pretty awesome. And I liked the uh the throwbacks that they wore. Uh I, I like any sort of throwbacks. Don't really like the pay heed ones that they wear. They wore them against Indiana at the game at Allen Fieldhouse, where it just says the name every, everything looks really small, I think. Uh, I don't really I, like I the, liked I like the idea with that. 
I do too, but I like the the only true variation that they have that isn't either a throwback or sticks with their pattern, just a different color, is the sunflower uniforms. Those are really the only true alternates that I like. Yeah, but I, I think the sunflower is pretty good. I like that. I, that I like seeing different with. colors. They should. They like. Do people want to see a black variation or do people want to see a no? Okay, what about a gold variation? No. no. Okay, so you guys are, are exclusively white and red. I don't even like blue. I don't wow. like. Almost, I don't like any blue uniform they've worn. You really? Like blue see, uniforms? I think the road uniforms look great, but that's no. I don't like the blue. That's that's a take. That's that's a very controversial take. Their blue I don't uniforms like are the red. I white. didn't like the reds that the Devonte Graham wore. I don't like the Trojan on that. Yeah, Nick doesn't like uh, the the, those red ones. Are great. I'm a fan. Kangaroo Man. Let's talk about him because he is not controversial. He is just awesome right now. Had He's one of the most efficient. <laughs> he had one of the most efficient games in college basketball history. That's true. He had 16 points on three shots. Landon, I don't know if you've analyzed the box score yet. Did you know that? Uh, I remember when you texted to the chat last night. That's right. Yeah, three for three from the floor, 16 points because he went nine for 11 at the free throw line. Oh, throw in a team leading eight rebounds and a couple steals. Just kind of doing it all in 32 minutes. Uh, he had an outstanding alley-oop dunk that will be forgotten about because Nick Timberlake had an even better one a few minutes later. Furphy has turned in from, gee, if he could just give us a couple threes each night, that'd be great, to, oh, he can do everything on the basketball court at a high level. I saw him mocked at 13th on one of the mock drafts this yeah, morning. I saw a recent lottery uh, yes. projection. It's it's done. He's going to go to the NBA. Yeah, he'd have to he'd have to average like two points from here on out. I have seen some takes about how he can't get either anything from NIL or as much because he's here on a visa. So yeah. that would just open and shut seal it. Go make oh, money sure, at the yeah. NBA level. Uh but man, if he came back, I think he'd be I think he's your favorite for Big Twelve player of the year if he comes back. I would agree with that. Uh I there's just no way though right like there's just why why would he at this point like yeah if he if he keeps up at even a moderately similar pace the potential is so high uh that he really would have no reason on earth to return to kansas people get so caught up on the stats and having an off game oh that off game shows he's not ready for the nba if you're being mocked as a top i'd say a top 20 pick it's a slam dunk to go lottery pick go go like <laughs> it's it's not worth what because because seriously we don't talk about it like brandon rush was an example what if furphy comes out and on opening night against emporia state in an exhibition game he tears his achilles and you go from would have been 10th to less than that the next year and you lose a year it makes no sense go while the opportunity's there in front of you i i don't know if there's any industry where we would not feel that way about professionally being professionally employed, if you have the opportunity presently to leave your current employer to go to a more prestigious organization and get an infinitely bigger raise, why would you, in, in what industry would you say, thanks, but I think I'm going to wait a year. Like, I don't know why, he, he co why get, college to NBA Because he should focus on his education, Ryan, because yeah, that's, that's he is in college to go to class. That's right. Yes, he needs to get his community uh, community operate or whatever it's called marketing degree. And so, whenever he's done making his millions in, in basketball, he can go work make a seventy thousand dollar a year office job. I'm sure it's exactly what he wants to do. 
Uh, a guy who not, will not ever be a lottery pick, but was really good uh, in this game, and hopefully will turn it around at the end of the year. Nick Timberlake, uh, 13 points, 3 of 6 from the floor, 6 of 8 from the line in 33 minutes. Had an insane alley-oop dunk in transition. That is one of the things that the highlights showed me. That was pretty awesome. Uh, is he is he going to be actually good? Or is this another game where he just kind of played a bad team, Nick? We've gone over this before. He had a great opening season opener and then completely pooped his pants for the next 20 games. So I'm not holding any reserve for that. I do think that shooters shoot. And it, the reposit, Ryan always likes to talk about regressions and and changes to get back to a, a norm, more normal statistic. I believe the three-point shooting is going to get better. I don't think it can stay that poor the entire season. So Nick Timberlake's last eight games. Here are the points. I'm going to read them from not in chronological order, but from most points to least points. So the order will be shuffled. Last eight games. 13, 13, 8, 7, 0, 0, 0, 0. <laughs> Consistency ain't a thing. But whenever he's able to give them this, yeah, He's a really nice piece. I gotta say, I thought his biggest impact to this team would be three-point shooting and not doing the once-every-ten-games Vince Carter-esque dunk. But the fact that he's giving them anything at this point is a plus. They need him more than any other piece on the roster with McCuller out, and he's playing starter minutes without Kevin McCuller. And he's been solid. He's averaging double-digit points per game whenever McCuller doesn't play. He's averaging two made threes in those games where McCuller doesn't play. It's not going to win an award, but it's solid. It's prevent... You, Timberlake's averaging 11 points a game in the games he starts because McCuller's out. McCuller averages 19. Going from 19 to 11 is obviously a step back, but it's not falling through the freaking floor like we thought it would be, right? Timberlake's been a solid piece for about a month with, with continued to be a high ceiling. The, he has more threes that are halfway down and bounce out than anybody I've ever seen. It feels close to having like a 6 of 8 game. Well, and like we've said, no one else on the bench can give you the potential reward that Nick Timberlake can. So he's the guy you still have to try because uh, occasionally he might give you a game like this. And this is really all like this is the absolute ceiling of what you're actually asking reasonably from Nick Timberlake is like just just give him like 10 points every once in a while and hit a couple mm -hmm. threes. Uh, and then, yeah, if you want to do uh, a, a Tracy McGrady impression uh, while you're at it, go for it. Man, Tracy McGrady. I thought Andrew Wiggins was going to be Tracy McGrady 2.0. I was so for sure on that one. And that was considered an insult. Like, I remember posting on Rock Chalk was supposed Plug. to be LeBron James. Right, exactly. They were, like, Tracy McGrady would be such a disappointment was kind of the was kind of the thought about and what how many all-star teams did tracy mcgrady make i mean he was Several. he was a seven-time all-star yeah he was a very he, very good player yes and people thought that would be the the minimum for wiggins but yeah you're right uh that's that's kind of the same uh i don't know timberlake we had the whole timberlake experience in the first there was like a a, a seriously like a 60 second window where timberlake made a basket and then hunter dickinson blocked two shots and in in succession blocked a shot Threw it to Nick Timberlake, immediate turnover. Texas shot, Hunter Dickinson block, throw it to Nick Timberlake, immediate turnover. And then he had the dunk. Like, it's just, it's all hit or miss. Nick, what are your expectations for your uh, your Nick, or your Nick buddy? Uh, what's the phrase? Name doppelganger, whatever. What are your expectations for Timberlake? I mean, I think I already said it. I think that the, 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 the statistics say that he's going to start making threes at a better clip than he was earlier this season. Like yes. you said, a lot of them have just been kind of in and out. 
Um, but I do think that he has the potential to have a real impact in March, especially when they're going to need guys. If McCuller is not going to be available as they head into the end of conference play in a Big 12 uh, tournament, I do think that once that as that confidence continues to rise, which I think it is, I think it's pretty apparent at this point as the stats you just read, he is getting a little bit more comfortable. As those numbers continue to improve, I do think that uh, we're gonna see a, we're gonna see a little bit different Nick Timberlake down the stretch, which will be beneficial for this team who needs guys who can reliably score. And nobody is allowed to criticize Bill Self for Nick Timberlake. Like I don't want to hear anything about talent evaluation. He went out and got a guy that made six hundred some. Uh, he, he made what, what is it six hundred threes? That's not right. That's way too many. He'd attempted over six hundred threes. Yeah, it's that he'd attempted over six hundred threes and shot like like thirty nine percent in his career. Give me a break if you're irritated that Bill Self went out and got that guy because there wasn't a single human on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, that was like the day they (laughs) got to... I still can't believe that website is called X now. It's it's total. (laughs) No one's ever going to call it X. It's awful. Uh, But there wasn't a soul on Twitter that was like, yeah, this guy, I don't think he's going to be able to translate to Kansas. Everyone's like, yes, Bill got the best shooter out there. I would take, if you had another Nick Timberlake out there and you could grab that guy in the transfer portal, you're doing it every single time because more often than not, they will shoot better than the 27% Nick Timberlake is giving you. We do need to talk about McCuller, who sat with knee problems for the third time in the last four games. Yeah, Nick said fourth game this year he's missed. Bill Sell said that they don't know when or if he's coming back. He emphasized that several times. We don't know when or if he's coming back. We don't know when he's coming back if at all, were both quotes that Self said. Self also said he's for sure out for the BYU game on Tuesday night and that he is considered week to week. Is this a Jalen Daniels all? thing all over again? Yeah, we, that's true. We all, we, are all, we all are week to week. Uh, is this Jalen Daniels 2.0 or do you expect McCuller to play soon? Uh, th- uh, who knows? Who yeah. knows? He doesn't strike me, and, and this isn't because people tried to do this with Joel Embiid and look how that worked, but he doesn't strike me as a guy based on the way he acts on the bench that's done. Like, he seems like he's, I don't know, is that, that's probably stupid. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that has a lot to do just with individual mindset more than anything because, you know, he, he you could read it as, well, because he's energetic and he's into it, uh, he knows he's not done, he knows he's coming back, but you could also read it as he knows he is done and therefore he is now chosen to turn all of his energy into cheering his teammates on and making sure they can still be the best team they can be. so who knows i don't i don't think that means anything in particular i think that's more of a person to person i feel like it i feel like sitting out though would hurt his draft stock wouldn't it like just like oh for sure He he has no draft stock what yeah he's a projected first round pick in some of the sites he will not be an nba player doesn't matter but he's. I don't think that he has a long longevity in the NBA. He will. Not, he will not play any minutes in the NBA. But he'll still be he'll, drafted. He will play minutes. He will never play real minutes on a good team. That wasn't the question, though. The question was about his draft stock. Yes, if he plays and and can play the last eight games of the year and average nineteen points in them, he's going to be a first round draft pick. That's that's insane to me. That's is this the weakest draft class of all time? Kevin McCuller is not an NBA be. player in any year. No, I, mean, I don't. Go ahead. That's not no we, insult to him. See, He's a we're sensational a, college athlete, but we're seeing a trend here. Like, like Kentucky's like an NBA form, but like Bill Self, like he's not these most guys that come from Kansas aren't really NBA players. I mean, outside of you know Andrew Wiggins, Joel Embiid, 
Like these guys like Grady Dick and Ochai Abaji will just go and play in the G League and play on a, a the, the dual contract thing and then they'll eventually just find their way to Iceland like Remy Martin did. Like the, like at, at the, can't, most of these Kansas players aren't going to be long-term NBA prospects in the first place. But like you said, I mean, this is his final year of college, so you can only hope to increase your draft stock as much as you can to be have a potential to be in the NBA. So I don't think by sitting out, certainly if he's available to play in the tournament, I don't think by sitting out you're going to do yourself any favors. NBAMockDraft.net, updated a week and a half ago, has Kevin McCuller going 22nd in the draft. He's He's an NBA draft pick. And that's a that's, factor here. Like, no, I hope, no offense, Kevin. That's uh, that's pretty wild to me. But okay. I anyway, hope the knee is anyway. structurally sound because that's the that's the key here. Is it a bruise or is there a structural problem going on? Uh, I suspect you'll see him play again this year. I don't know when, and I don't know what it'll look like. They're obviously not going to play him against BYU. Do they think they still have a chance in the conference race? Slash, is that something they're willing to push it for? Because then you go down to Waco next Saturday in a game you have to have to stay in the conference race. Uh, they need Houston to lose, but they're going to have a chance if Houston loses. They control their own destiny for a piece of the league. So they're going to have a chance to do it. Is he going to be okay in a week? I would have thought that after a week off, he would be willing to, or not willing, able to play. Uh, so I think that potentially raises a red flag. Though he played fine in Oklahoma a week ago. It's it's a weird situation. No one really knows. Rodney Terry. He sucks and he should be fired. Horns down. You Harry Potter. Yeah, he, <laughs> no, he you Harry Potter looking. Uh, he should not be coaching an eighth grade girls basketball team. <laughs> no, he's terrible. Cam, Cam li- Lippled Cam Lippled and sorry for interrupting. Cam Lippled texted and said he's the the uh, the hood Harry Potter. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the glasses are very Harry Potter like, and and he's. I don't think that they work very well because all that man does with all this talent. And as Landon will point out, that's Texas for you. This isn't just Rodney Terry. They always have talent. They always Although, look like... Although, to be fair, this, this is very bad. Even for Texas, this is really, really bad. Texas is that woman with $20 million in her bank account, and she just goes and, like, becomes a hermit in Vegas and just blows all her money on uh, casino, like, in the casino at the slot machine. Like, Texas has unlimited resources, and they still find a way to just completely waste every single bit of talent that comes through that doors. Like you said, you said yesterday, this team has too many good players to be this unorganized. It's like they're out there playing an in MAYB in or... Uh, traveling basketball team where they're all trying to get an offer from Jackson State. You know, it's it's yep. it's 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 a circus. Like it, it, Roddy Terry is a clown. So many players on that team. That's a good three point shooting team, and they have two absolute freaks in the front court. And yet, all they do is run around and dribble and heave un- on uh, off balanced weird hero ball shots. There is no reason for this to be that way. And they were kind of like that with Barnes, but they won consistently. They were kind of like that with Shaka, and they no, won, but then they hit the tournament, and it always it never went well. He didn't win a tournament game at Texas, I don't think. And then you had the 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 Chris Beard era, which Chris Beard was a good coach. Uh, he he was it, it was gross all the because uh, it was a defense muddy it up sort of style. But Chris Beard at least got a lot out of that team, and I suspect that they would be in much better hands had he you know not choked his wife and gotten fired. Uh, now have no fear. He got hired less than uh, half a year later. But Rodney Terry, more, baby. 
I, I don't understand why they have to hire Rodney Terry. They felt like every, I remember all the blue check marks or the suits and ties. Remember Jeff Goodman sitting on ESPN going, Oh, you have to hire Rodney Terry. Look at the job he's done. You have to hire him. There's no rule that said you had to hire him. It just made no sense. I don't understand it, but I, I don't, mean, think I, don't he's I, I don't mind the hiring, but like at this point you're just like, yeah, that was, he's not a good coach. Yeah. It's he's, he's not getting the most out of his team. He didn't elevate him last year. He's, He's barely getting anything out of his team. Yeah, they're under 500, and they have all sorts of talent. If Bill Self had this team, they would be... I, flip Kansas and Texas' They'd records. be contending, yeah. Yes, yeah, I think they would too. Uh, a very clean game for Dewan Harris. This is quiet, but it's so it's not going to get a whole lot of attention, but wow, was he good. 14 points, 7 of 11 from the floor, 6 assists, no turnovers, 33 minutes. People want him to play a clean game, and people want him to shoot more. Well, he did both those things, and he gave you a 14-6 and no turnover game. Pretty darn good. One of his best showings of the year. He was awesome, and I feel like he has quietly been playing excellent basketball over the last several weeks. He's been playing outstanding basketball the last little while, and hopefully that will continue. It's a great time to do it. Remember whenever we talked about how the, the two-point luck would eventually start to swing back around his luck on shots at the rim? There you go. Starting to happen. Uh, white guy of the game. Not really, but he's worthy of the music. KJ Adams' buddy, Brock Cunningham, who it's interesting that they're buddies because I don't even know if KJ was alive when Brock Cunningham signed his letter yeah, of Brock intent Cunningham's to play in Texas. been in the Big 12 since the Nixon administration. Yeah, so Landon, you missed this on the last podcast. So when Brock Cunningham first appeared in a, a game for it was Texas, before Mahomes won the first Super Bowl. Yes, <laughs> Mahomes had never played in a Super Bowl, and there were no cases of COVID in the United States when Brock Cunningham the dribbled the ball for the first time. Yeah, uh, Mahomes now has played in four Super Bowls, and Brock Cunningham is still making threes on the Jayhawks. Yeah, he, it, it's it does seem unfair to have a thousand year old player on your team. Um, <laughs> I feel like that would have a lot of basketball knowledge built up. Uh, Brock but, Cunningham age. Brock Cunningham is going to be 26 years old this year, and he's still playing impossible. college basketball. 26 and in college. You need to go find something to do with your life. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's not Brandon Whedon yet. Wasn't there a – I think that there was a college basketball player, or maybe it was a college football player that was, if not 30, close. I don't remember uh, who there, it was. That's happened a couple times with some guys that have entered school just late. So, like, they have all the eligibility in the world, and they they use it. Yeah, and I why not? Get a free ride, get a rack up degrees. Now you can make some money and uh, and <laughs> play games, I guess. But it, I, I would do the same thing. I'm not acting like uh, like it's weird, but, yeah, I guess. The bench, they were better. Uh, Jamari McDowell scored five points in 15 minutes. Nick pointed out that he made a couple good plays. He did, made a three, uh, and uh, gave very solid defensive minutes, furthering the question why he hasn't been playing more all year. Parker Brown made a bucket in seven minutes, had a couple blocks, and El Marco Jackson didn't shoot because he doesn't do that. Uh, but he did have four assists in 14 minutes, played really good defense, had a super nifty behind-the-back assist that was just terrific in that first half that was just going great for Kansas. Uh, they helped. And Timberlake, I still consider a bench player, giving you 13 points. All of a sudden, hey, 20 points from your bench. If if you count Timberlake in there, 20 points from the guys that we consider the bench pieces. And look, they almost hung 90 on Texas without their, their leading scorer. Amazing how that works when you get solid bench contributions. And you get to play Texas. Don't forget that. That's true. Yep. 
Uh, 62% from the floor. Hello. 38% from three, even though they only, t I think that 38%, I think they were three for eight. They really didn't take very many of them. 70% at the line, plus nine on the glass. Very, very solid game for the Jayhawks. They played great on both ends. Any closing thoughts? More Allen Fieldhouse games, please. <laughs> yeah, closing in on an undefeated season at Allen Fieldhouse, even though in order to get there, they have to get past the final boss in the sweepstakes. Don't you worry. That's going to be interesting. Great game for Kansas. Landon, any closing thoughts? Bring back Matthew Loves Ball so I can watch better highlights. Yeah, the highlights are only like 12 minutes now, and they're all laggy and all that because Matthew Loves Ball bit and the dust. And you only see so many of the buckets. and Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, yeah. it doesn't matter anyways because YouTube now, if you have an ad blocker, they're going to slow down your videos regardless. That's right. Yeah, I bit the bullet and paid for YouTube Premium, and it's I hate uh, it, but it, I love it so much. Chill. I know. I suck. NCAA annual revenue. A, a quick Google of that shows that the NCAA only made $1.3 billion last year, sir. They cannot afford to have people billion. like Matthew Loves Ball posting YouTube highlights of their games. Come on. Don't you know how uh, this yeah. works? Which they're taking the ad revenue off anyways. Here's my thoughts. Right? Yeah, good point on that. Here's my thoughts on that. Doesn't the YouTube account Matthew Loves Ball posting the highlight clips that hundreds of thousands of people watch, isn't that a good thing for the NCAA product? More people then are aware of it and watch future games because of it. Yeah, but the NCAA can't control it. Oh, well. That's the real thing. I would say the other thing is that it would take your $100,000 salaries down to 98000 But That's not even true. It would take those $100,000 salaries, keep them at exactly that, uh, if not <laughs> anything, raise them because it actually is taking money away from the people making $12 an hour in NCAA gift shops around the country. Right, yeah, yeah. And it's not like the NCAA is posting quality highlight videos. It would be one thing if it was no. directly and yeah, just total, you want to talk about ass. I'd start with the NCAA. But good game for the Jayhawks. Thumbs up. <laughs> so before we get to Big 12 games, Landon, you just said a very interesting sentence, and I want you to say it again and then tell us the answer. Yeah, I said, uh, I'll let you guys guess. You guys get a guess each. Uh, what do you think I watched at 1 o'clock instead of basketball? I did watch Baylor-Houston, um, most of it anyway. I watched most of that, and then at 1 o'clock, another thing was on, and I watched that instead. What was it? Boy, I'm not I'm not at well enough diversed in the world of Landon to know this. Is it something that was fair? Uh, it was. I was pretty pleased with it. It might have even been more than fair. Nick, any guess? Dude, I don't watch TV. I don't know what he'd be talking about. We don't know if it was TV. Well, okay, I'll give up, sir. What did you watch instead of basketball? Atlanta United at Columbus Crew. 1-0 oh, yeah. on Cujo Hernandez. MLS game. Freaking terrible. I just, just absolutely awful. I love MLS. Say what you want about it. It's not the Premier League, but I love MLS. Absolutely awful. I didn't get to see sporting either. Let me guess. You, one, let me guess. Draw, after the, let me guess. After the 1-1 draw, you turned on C-SPAN. <laughs> soccer's beautiful man hey, it's the best game in the world compared to freaking soccer Virginia has got an offense that would make Andy Reid proud can't stand watching those 1-1 one, one draws just makes I you feel like you wasted that, time that MLS is better than MLB that's for sure that's, that's also not true. It's not even close. Yeah, I know. That's never going to work. Baseball uh, so is true. They're all MLS better. MLS is better than college basketball. They're all better than Baylor Center because, yikes. Number two, Houston, 82. Number 11, Baylor, 76 in overtime. 
Houston probably, barring a collapse, is getting close to wrapping up the Big 12 at this point. They made their case to be the number one team in the country. I believe they are. With two top 15 wins this week, all thanks to double agent Yves Masai and his Kadeem Latin moment wherever... Uh, I got this. Yeah. I got this. Oh, and then, um, yeah, I, I have a sound effect for that. In case you missed it, the, the Cougars controlled this game. They led by 15 at halftime, saw Baylor slowly crawl back, and then they, they got it really close at the end. Masai down two, ties the game with an and one and four seconds left. And then with the chance to win it, all he has to do is make a free throw. By the way, he made nine of them at Allen Fieldhouse. And right off the back iron. And then in overtime, in case that wasn't enough, he just completely let the buttered up basketball slip through his fingers trying to throw down an alley-oop. And uh, they lost. Baylor loses at home in their spiffy new but also horribly camera-angled arena. Uh, is the race over in the Big 12? Is Houston going to win the Big 12? Yes. I mean, they're the extremely heavy favorite at this point. So Houston is excellent. I have been wrong on a lot of things on this show, and I was incorrect about Houston, thinking that their style wouldn't translate as well to the Big 12, thinking they'd get worn down. They haven't. They're on pace to, to, to lose four games at most in this conference, which is probably going to be an outright title. But I do worry about them a little bit. I would rank them one. They have a great resume. They pile up wins. But I'm a little nervous when we get to the NCAA tournament, you're going to ask that team that is used to Big 12 officiating, they get away with a lot of contact, and we know how tightly games are called in the tournament. Could they have a couple guys get in huge foul trouble early? It's kind of what happened in their loss to... Uh, who they lo- was it Miami last year where they got into some foul trouble and Miami just eviscerated them on three point shots. I don't know. I'm eviscerated. I'm a little bit nervous about Houston in the tournament, but I don't think there's a better team with our team with a better case to be number one right now than them. I I I think that's a, a solid point with with Houston. They they definitely play physical. We have seen that in the tournament often. Uh, even just with varying styles, a team's style specifically um, just does not play well in March. Uh, I could see Houston's physicality being something like that. At the same time, I do think Houston is one of like the three best teams in the country. I, th- I think Houston is arguably uh, in just the tier below uh, Purdue and UConn. I, I oh, they're Purdue better than UConn, Purdue. I- they're better than Purdue. Are you kidding me? Purdue beats up on Purdue Michigan ten times a year. I don't care. Houston would beat Purdue. What, what uh, they who, who what guard, they benefit? Who, who, Zach Eady would have forty and twenty. What I, they I, benefit from is that this team. We just talked about it before. Like this team is really good defensively. It's obvious, but I mean they have some some uh, stinker offensive games. But at the same time, they have two guards who can sh- light it up whenever they want to. You know, LJ Cryer is obviously one of the best shooters we've ever seen in the conference. Yeah. Emmanuel Sharp is a really good shooter as well. Like very he sneaky. He was awesome scorer. yesterday too. He played and, a great game. And like I said, they 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 are so. For as much as you can make fun of Kelvin Sampson for being a cheater and a weirdo, we have one. We have a coach that's a cheater as well, so I can't say anything. You can't throw <laughs> stones into glass houses. But I will say, for as yes, for as for as much as I would say that, 
he does coach a team. He does coach teams that are just hard knocks. Like they'll they'll all crash the glass. You'll see three what red shirts right going after a rebound. That's why they tend to out rebound teams. Offensively, it seems like they're always in the right place with their sets. The ball never sticks. They move the ball very very well. Get open shooters, open looks, and they also attack the basket. And they're very physical, like you guys said. So they do a lot of things well. And for most teams that are that good defensively, they get in the NCAA tournament. They have a crutch because they're not typically good shooting teams. The ones that defend, think like Virginia, because they always lose in the tournament, but they won the title that one year somehow. Um, because the but, refs I mean, like, fell asleep against Auburn is why they won that title. But they also lost to UMBC the year before. So oh, ha, I remember. <laughs> yes, I think next But you have, teams, you have teams like that who just really fall apart because they can't score, but Houston really can at times score, and they usually play such good defense. Like Teams need to shoot 65 to 70% from the floor like we saw in Allen Fieldhouse to yep. even beat them. Still to this day, the only game they've given up this year more than 70 points that did not go to overtime was the Kansas game. So they're they're loaded defensively, and Nick crushed it with Kelvin Sampson. We don't talk about him as one of the best coaches in college. His NBA stint was the reason he's not going to wind up. He probably still will be a college basketball Hall of Fame coach. Like He would be considered one of the truly elite guys in the sport had he never left for the NBA because that cost them a lot of time to get wins. Houston is a great add to the Big 12, and they are they just continue to play better and better by the week. We will see how the style holds up. Number six, Iowa State, 71, West Virginia, 64. Nick, it was uh, the, the, the Cyclones still in second place, uh, but this game kind of close. Yeah, uh, it was closer than people thought it would be, but they do stay in second place, like you said, and undefeated in Hilton Coliseum. They got 14 from Taman Lipsy. West Virginia turned it over 23 times. Ass. West Virginia sucks. There's only one team that they can beat. Damn it, Bill! Kansas State, 84, number 25, BYU, 74. Uh, they won for what feels like the first time in forever. So, Landon, you read, and I will sandstorm, if I can find it. Where is it at? Uh, it essentially was the first time in forever that K-State wins. Just their second win in February for the Wildcats. Uh, they controlled throughout. They shot 56% from the floor. They got 28-10 and 10 from Arthur Kaluma. Tyler Perry added four threes of his own. BYU, Kansas' next opponent, BYU. Uh, was 6 of 31 from behind the arc. That's 19%. We all know what's going to happen. That's not what uh, that says. Gonna, it, it, but it is what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, uh, just, just go, go ahead and get your preparations in place for Tuesday night. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. BYU is getting ready. Spencer Johnson <laughs> and all these other guys that look like they were built in a lab to shoot threes against Kansas. They all look the same. And be Mormon. It they, looks like if you typed in they, to a to a chat GPT for images, show me five people that could go make threes on Kansas and up come their portraits. Like, yeah, it's it's just just prepare for it. The the Asian yeah. dude playing 16 the sixteen of twenty seven incoming. The Asian dude playing the basketball arcade game where he's throwing in buckets with both hands. That's what's happening here in a couple of nights. Oklahoma 84, Oklahoma State 82 in overtime. I will read this because it cost me a pick'em point, and I was on the right side. This annoys me. This is why pick'em is frustrating. Down one, JV and McCollum buried a crazy buzzy breeding three. Did you guys see the shot? Did either of you see it? Nope. Classic buzzer beater right at the horn. If it misses, they lose. If he makes it, they win. Splashed it to win the game and save Oklahoma's tournament hopes. It, it, it was a crazy contested shot that really could have been avoided had Oklahoma State just played better three-point defense, right? That's how that works. Definitely. Porter Mosier is so bad. 
So is Mike Boynton. I wonder if the... Oh, nope, I almost got myself there. I wonder mm. if these two and Rodney Terry ever pass each other when they're meeting at the idiot convention. But I probably should have... Uh, yeah, I'm glad that I didn't... I'm glad there's no more booby traps. You could have just written that, and that would have been fine enough. I'm glad that there's no more booby traps in the rest of these notes, guys. Um, UCF 75. Oh, okay. <laughs> I knew Nick was going to go there. Uh, that's, nope. UCF 75, number 23, Texas Tech. 61 uh proof that everything is better in the sunshine state yeah texas tech reminded us that they're only good at home they weren't in this game in the second half the knights got 16 points from darius johnson uh what's your thought on the red raiders i don't think they're a lot worse than iowa state but i think that that's just two teams that went a lot at home and have gotten some breaks on the road right like I think that they're fine. They're like the seventh best team in the Big 12, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, credit to them for being as good as they are. I didn't think they'd be this good. I don't think uh, Iowa yes. State's as good as their record either. I think Iowa State. Iowa State's pretty good, but I, I don't think there's a lot of difference. I, Houston is the best team in the Big 12. Kansas is the second best team in the Big 12. And then you probably got to put Iowa State, Baylor, TCU, Tech, they're all kind of the same. Like, I don't know. what, Whatever. They're all getting bounced in the round of 32 regardless. So, just save Sorry, your... I was just reading a stat how Caitlin Clark had 24, 15, and 10. Yep, I saw that. And uh, people... And we're talking about Texas Tech losing by 14 to UCF. Somebody on Twitter was like, a, a stat you won't see is Caitlin Clark is also 15th most turnovers ever because she's such a bull hog. Yeah, you're going to turn it over a few times whenever you average 24, 15, and 10. It's okay. It's like how the best baseball player leads the Big Ten in assists. I think she leads the nation in assists. Yeah, she does. Yeah. It's like how the best baseball players are also the league, the all-time leaders in strikeouts, and the best quarterbacks ever are also the all-time leaders in interceptions. Like, because whenever yeah. you post crazy volume stats, it's going to happen. It's okay. Totally okay. TCU 75, Cincinnati 57. Sorry, Landon, you deserve better than this game. That's okay. Uh, Manuel Miller, 18 points. Jacoby Coles, also 18 points. Cincinnati has been quite buns since uh, early conference play. TCU gets a big win there. Big 12. Eh, is it a big win, though? Like that's Big I, win by numbers. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say, we might need to change the term big win at this point if that's a big win. They got to play Cincinnati twice. Must be nice. Big 12 standings. First place pulling away is Houston. They're 11 and 3 with four left. And second is Iowa State at 10 and 4. And third is Bill all by himself at 9 and 5. Good for Kansas starting to pull into that top three. Number four, Baylor, Texas Tech, and TCU are all tied at 8 and 6. Good luck trying to figure out tiebreakers when it's not a balanced schedule. Uh, in seventh, BYU, Oklahoma, 7 and 7. In ninth, Texas and K-State are sharing 6 and 8. 11th, another tie, Cincinnati and Central Florida. Two newcomers, they're 5 and 9. That's buns. And even more buns in last. Tied for 13th, Oklahoma State and West Virginia at 4 and 10. Okay, so we're going to go on to other games, but we need to get very serious now, guys, because um, we will only be discussing one here, and it is out of immense respect for what happened yesterday in Winston-Salem. Because out of respect for Kyle Filipowski, who was wronged, betrayed, and martyred in the Wake Forest, uh, at the Wake Forest Pavilion, the culprit was the unimaginable. Just go ahead and get your Kleenexes out. A court storm of excited fans. And 
here on Inside the Paint, we pass along our best wishes and can only pray and hope that Filipowski is one day able to open his eyes after this truly devastating set of circumstances. Sorry, I just basically repeated. I've been watching ESPN and nothing else for 24 hours. What did I miss? That's 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 all they've talked about is how Kyle Filipowski was it's funny basically. Court terms are suddenly bad when uh, Duke's involved. <laughs> yeah, we get all we get all mad and also, act like. You notice how player celebrations are really cool unless Texas or Duke uh, is being celebrated on, and then they yeah. suck, and then they ruin yeah. the sport. And ESPN is like, we have to stop court storming as they show a court storm yeah, in like every college every basketball time, post highlights yes. of it every time <laughs> every single time yeah exactly it's, it's like it's like rich people on their private jets saying we need to save the planet <laughs> as they fly from san francisco to oakland leonardo dicaprio fuel into the atmosphere on a daily yep. basis <laughs> so in game news i'm sure you know what we're talking about number eight duke they went to wake forest took a fat l and then got court stormed so hard that kyle filipowski and a fan collided now there's some controversy here Filipowski hopped off the floor like he was a Vietnam soldier that took three bullets to the leg, oh. when in reality he's totally fine. And John Shire screamed about how we need to ban court storms. When are we going to ban court storms? Really says conjuring John his Shire. best Coach K. Really yes. Oh, drawn there's a the reason Coach K. K handed him that Michael Scott letter of recommendation. Uh, because as you see, folks, when something bad happens to Duke, it always worse. has to result in sweeping legislation of change. So my take on this, which was mostly popular and somewhat not on Twitter, I thought Filipowski tripped the dude. I thought he looked like he initiated that trip, and I get it. There's a thousand people running at him. One, I was surprised he didn't make more haste to get off the floor. That's not to say that was his fault. I'm just surprised all these people are running at you, and you're like, I'm just going to take my time getting off the floor. But I thought it looked like he kind of tripped the fan, and then it was the leg of the person that went tumbling to the ground, and then he's hopping around like he's been shot. I, it, this is not the... the student's fault by the way they beat a, a, an elite team they ran on the floor it's gonna happen if you want to blame somebody blame the security for not being set up and let letting the players get off the floor first because no arguments here if you're gonna court storm you gotta make sure the players get off the floor also if you're that bitchy about it surprise they didn't sub him out because they were down four with a second left you see bill self do that sometimes you see them basically just just concede that last second because of this but like I thought it looked like Filipowski wasn't the innocent old lady walking her dog that got sniped by a by a terrorist on the rooftop that a lot of people are making it sound like. Interesting analogy. I like it. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Colorful I, analogy. I don't know. that. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, it's not Filipowski's fault that he got injured. Like, it shouldn't have happened. But I don't think it was the... I, I think he was kind of like, you know what? I'm pissed. We just lost. I'm going to trip this person running in front of me and immediately got some karma. I don't know. That may be the wrong take. I'm open to to any perspectives but watching all the blue check marks on espn act like that he has been just wrong i i don't know if that's true either i don't feel bad john shire you suck you want to prevent the court storm beat freaking wake forest on the road speaking of suck elsewhere in the acc number 10 north carolina <laughs> defeated the basketball equivalent of coronavirus uh, by beating Whoa. virginia 54 to 44 in charlottesville the tar heels regained the lead in the acc at 13 and 3 uh, with the, of course, as previously mentioned, badly, badly wronged Duke Blue Devils at 12 and 4. Virginia is 11 and 6. 
Uh, but nobody cares about their record because Virginia should not be allowed no. to play in the tournament. They should not be allowed you to play in D1. Uh, I'm currently uh, on the TV watching Bad Temple play Bad Wichita State, and I'm more <laughs> entertained than any time I've ever watched Virginia. Virginia hasn't cracked 50 points in their last three games. 49, 41, 44. Enough. Virginia season ticket holders should are probably... Uh, yeah, study, studies just came in from the National Institute of Health that, that say that um, every single Villanova or every single Virginia season ticket holder has been diagnosed with depression. Yeah, yeah I don't know how you can't be. Like, seriously. You have to score I, more points per game than the ticket is worth. If I could change one game in the history of sports, it would be that god dang Virginia national title win. Because, oh, that just ruins the perfect argument because they, they the refs backed them into a title where they escaped against Auburn and they escaped against Texas Tech that otherwise covers up what a horrible tournament coach Tony Bennett is and how awful that program really is to watch. They are always like this. They're horrible offensively. I cannot fathom why anybody would want this on their screen. Don't give them the chance to lose to another double-digit seed. Also, uh, Temple and Wichita State have combined for 27 conference games. Guess the combined record. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, it's 6 and 21. 5 and 22. Even better. Just wait till we talk about Georgetown DePaul, sir. It gets worse. Uh, Nick, the opposite of Virginia, Kentucky. How about that for a stat? Yeah, speaking of actual fun basketball to watch, Kentucky doing their best impression of the uh, all-star game the in the NBA last week. Yeah. Uh, essentially, uh, if you're keeping a running total, 119, 117 points for Kentucky on Saturday and 134 points for Virginia in their last <laughs> three games. That's what but Kentucky sad. in this game... UNSK scored 54 points and Alabama scored 795. So, by logic, you know, you'd think that Alabama would win. But number 17, <laughs> Kentucky, as I just alluded to, all, did dirty and awful and not safe for work things in number 13, Alabama, hanging a cool 117 Woo! points on them and a 117 to 95 win. The numbers are wild. The Crimson Tide shot 57% from the floor and were down 37 points in the second half. <laughs> Kentucky shot 63%, made 13 threes, 22 free throws, and got 28 points on a 10 for 10 shooting performance from Justin Edwards doing his best Texas Tech impression after yep. playing Kansas. So if you hear that in the distance, that is Landon, Nick, and I all preparing to make Kentucky go way further in the NCAA tournament than we should because, wow, are they good whenever they play well. Like... Wow, that that oh, was no. that was guys. I just got word that they drew St. Paul north of uh, North Massachusetts. It's an L. It's an L. <laughs> yeah, and if the, John, John Calipari, Calipari is literally John Calipari is literally Rodney Terry, but they think he's a good coach. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's better than Rodney Terry. He's but, much better than Rodney Terry, but he's still not but, very good. No, he's not, and he's washed, I think is the phrase. Um, seriously, do not let Virginia play basketball in the tournament. God should get full permission to set his world ablaze if his creation, his people, allow Virginia to play NCAA tournament basketball. <laughs> Seems like just punishment to me. <laughs> uh, that was my turn. I'm fine with that being my turn. I hate Virginia. Fair enough. Uh, is it my turn then? It is. That's how it uh, works. Figuring out the rest of the SEC still difficult, except that Missouri sucks. Their own 14. <laughs> they lost to Arkansas. Number five, Tennessee railed uh, walking disaster Texas A&M at home. Uh, number 14, Auburn bullied Georgia on the road. Number 20, South Carolina took down Ole Miss by 13 on the road. 
because uh, Chris Chris Beard uh, has never beaten a quality team in his life. But that's the that only has a ten. Oh, oh, oh uh, wow! Uh, that's mm, that that hot that pal, that pause that you heard Landon say was reading ahead to make sure that I didn't write anything he can't read on the air. By the way, and then I just the, said that. Yeah. Uh, number twenty four, Florida beat Vanderbilt because it's Vanderbilt and the most irrelevant uh, collegiate sports program in the country. Uh, yeah. The standings are a logjam. Tennessee and Bama uh, at the top at eleven and three. Auburn and the Gamecocks at ten and four, and Florida and Kentucky at nine and five. Good league, second best league out there. The Pac twelve race shifted back to realities. Number four Arizona trashed Washington, and then number twenty one Washington State, fresh after a couple days of hearing how great they are, dropped a turd at Arizona State late in the evening. Wildcats are back in the lead and they'll likely stay there for the rest of the season. They are projected two-bid league per ESPN. That is horrible, by the way. They're a two-bid league. Like The Mountain the, West the, has like five teams. This is yeah. what the Pac-12 does like every other year. The bottom of that league is so unbelievably awful. They're just horrendous. Seeing like the Oregon States and the Utahs and all that. It's just, you know, speaking of awful, do not put Virginia in the tournament don't do it uh, i agree is that relevant to the pac-12 no i just i'm very passionate about that that's three times i've said it because three games they haven't made it out of the 40s see it just it just brought everything to a screeching mm. halt on this show in the big east number one yukon blew out villanova number seven marquette handled xavier i think that game hasn't happened yet but i think we know how that's gonna go and rick patino's st john squad upset number 15 creighton but enough about all the oh, those exciting games let's get to the one you really want to know about <laughs> can i read that i was supposed to, i was hoping one of you would get that i don't think i can read that yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> Shorestown edged DePaul 77 to 76 what does that even in mean? Chicago. Oh, boy. Do we have to have this talk on the air? Do we Do we have to? Uh, Landon, I don't want to know what it means. I, I'm touching my nose, Landon. You can explain it to our, to our I, very I youthful boy. I don't think I do either. Oh, well. Okay. I will tell you guys <laughs> off the air. The Hoyas are 9 and 18. And they're six games clear of horrible atrocious depaul no team has ever gone oh, 0 and 20 in a major league before I see. <laughs> that's that's a that's just did a quick google search georgetown depaul it, it, georgetown and depaul is way more offensive than me telling you on the air what edging is uh, DePaul is 0-16, by the way, with four games left. They might be the worst power power league team ever. Nothing no! ir- interesting God, happened in the Big Ten, so we're skipping them today. But number 18, St. Mary's, is on the doorstep of a West Coast Conference title. They rolled San Diego. Gonzaga's win streak is over unless the Gales go 1-2 and two in the last three. So just, uh, you want to talk about value, um, what would you rather have, a West Coast Conference title or six nickels? I mean, it's worth about the same. (laughs) Don't put Virginia in the tournament! Agreed. Ranked teams to lose since the last show. Virginia, not on this list because they're not ranked. Number eight, Duke, lost to Wake Forest. Kyle Filipowski uh, got a boo-boo on his foot. 
His girlfriend was screaming at the Wake Forest fans on the way out, and uh, he's probably not going to miss any time because, oh, wow, it's not like Duke to do something for attention. Lost to Wake Forest. Uh, number 11, Baylor. They lost to Houston. Number 13, Alabama. Gave up more points than uh, – never mind. Uh, more, gave up a <laughs> lot of points to Kentucky. If only they could have got more shots off. Uh, mm-hmm. oh. Number 15, oh. Creighton. Lost to St. John's. Number 21, Washington, lost to Arizona State. Washington yeah. was ranked? Oops. Sorry, there you go. There Washington you go. State. I was there you go. Say, that yep. uh, couldn't possibly Goes be to show, no one cares about the Pac-12. Number 22, Colorado, lost at UNLV. That's also wrong. Sorry, that's also a state. I must have fallen I was, asleep. I was going to say, <laughs> Colorado does not play in the Mountain West. They're going to the 12. <laughs> Number 23, Texas A&M. I didn't forget the state this time. They lost to... Uh, what? Is Nick screwing with us? Did I write UCF, or am I just having a really tough time here? They lost to Tennessee. <laughs> I think I'm just having a, a tough episode. I think I'm just having a problem. I had a stroke writing these notes, I guess. Uh, this one is correct. Uh, number 25, BYU. They lost to K-State. And we lost to Landon and Pickham, but whenever you're 10 games back, you got to make up more than one game a week, sir. Hey, you're eight games back at this point. I know, I'm, hey, but I've won before, sir. I have crowns. More valuable than WCC crowns, I must add. If if Landon can come back and win Pick'em this year, I'll join the show next year. Oh. Oh, there's real stakes. Real there's, stakes. Does he have to win it outright? Yes. I don't know if that's fair. I think if he ties, if he, if he ties, it's the title, right? Well, you're a KU fan, sir. You have to count not balanced shared titles. It's in your blood. Either way, I have to be either 10 or 11 games better than Nick from here on out, and that's not happening, I don't We're going to pick 100 games a week now. I'm going to put every D1 <laughs> game and pick them. <laughs> I'm either going to lose by 100 or win by 100. Uh, can I read the Ask RCB that Nick typed there? Yes. I would, oh, okay. All right. That was, <laughs> Landon was going to say no. What weren't you? Yeah, I was. Nick wants, to, Nick wants to know my opinions on the coaches that I don't think are good in the Big 12. And let me just give you this very clearly. Here are the Big 12 coaches that I think are good. Bill Self, Scott Drew, Wait. Kelvin Wait. Sampson. <laughs> okay, that's not fair. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> Kelvin Sampson's good. There, I got one there. Kind of uh, white, maybe? TJ Oltzelberger. White. Um, um, Nick, it's Iowa. They, they don't have much of a choice in Iowa. I think Jerome Tang's pretty good. That hurts your logic okay. there. There you go. Uh, I think that's it. Every other Big 12 coach. Uh, Jamie Dixon's okay, right? Like, eh. who is the he's, widest he's, Big 12 he's coach? directly on the Bruce Weber track. Oh, he's better than Bruce. Uh, I think he is, but I feel like he's also recruiting out of Fort Worth, Texas. That helps. Not yeah. Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah. Um. So... Let's 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 talk about this. Who is the widest coach in the Big Twelve? Jamie Jamie Dixon, probably Scott Drew. Grant McCaslin's yeah, Scott wide. Drew. It's Scott, Scott Drew. Drew. Scott Drew's at a Catholic private school with the comb over because he doesn't want to accept the fact that the hair's not coming back, and he jumps up and down and pumps up the fans whenever they get loud on the they, they get. It's loud a Baptist school, sir. Uh, it, it, oh, it is a Baptist school. Sorry, is TCU the Catholic school? TCU is Church of Christ. All right, you know what? Nick knows everything about all colleges. I'm not going to be able to win this. Um, at Dick underscore Taser says, Landreth, explain your stance on court storming in full. Kind of did earlier. Uh, love court storms. I blame every time a court storm goes poorly. 
I don't blame the fans. I don't blame the coaches. I don't blame the players. I blame security for not uh, doing an adequate enough job. You got to keep the students off the court uh, until the players are clear. Honestly, it might even be best to wait until the players are back in their locker room before you let them run on the floor and celebrate with the home kids. Also says, do you hope one day you can have a job where at the last 10 seconds of your shift, 3,000 adults run towards you like cattle in a stampede? I mean, athletes get paid a lot of money. If you want to pay me as much as Kyle Filipowski's making on the NIL at Duke, yeah, you can run at me like cattle and stampede. That's fine. I'll make sure that my six foot 10 ass gets off the court before they start running at me. Like, come on. I'll do it for that kind of price tag. Not for my what I make now on this podcast, which speaking of those six nickels, I didn't just pull that one out of nowhere. At cool underscore hand underscore Lucas. On the all-time dunks list at KU. Boy, we're going to struggle with the all-time one. So let's just do Bill Self dunks. Where does that Timberlake dunk rank? And does the mustache push it up the list or down the list? Landon, our resident facial hair expert, you can handle that part. Wait, did Nick Timberlake have a mustache? He has more of a mustache than most of the players. <laughs> um, I, I Definitively up then. Any mustache is a plus in my book. That's um, not true. Uh, wrong, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I, it's pretty high on the list, I would argue. It's a very good dunk. Uh, Wayne Selden dunking over Baylor is number one forever. But uh, Ochai and the TCU tournament game and Thomas really Robinson one. against Baylor are the three that come to mind, yeah. Um, yeah. That one was really good. Jamari Trailer had a couple ridiculous ones. Uh, one of them in Texas. Yeah, so he uh, had one in Austin. That was insane. Yeah, it's it's a top ten Bill Self era dunk. Uh, I don't know if it's top three. It's probably no, right it, around. It's not. It, it was really good though. Timberlake's done that a couple times this year too. That was Matt, the best show- of the bunch too. That was his best dunk of the season. Best uh, non Udoka alley oop that I've seen in a while. Yeah, Oach had a couple really, really good alley-oop dunks. KJ has a dunk once a week that I'm like, oh, okay. Pretty good. Yeah. That's what happens when you jump like 12 feet in the air. Yeah, it helps, but not rebound somehow. At Show Me Hawk, if Nick Timberlake can be a prolific bench scorer. Oh, here we go. It's the the once every week uh, question. Uh, If Timberlake can they win the national championship if Nick Timberlake scores seven points? Close. Can they win in Waco and Houston? Yes, absolutely. If they get. Yeah, they can. I think they need McCuller, though. For both, yeah. Ah, yeah, the Baylor game is looking less daunting by the week, if we're being honest. Kansas defends pretty well, and that's not a great environment in the first place. They need them both to win in Houston, though. And even that, even that's going to be hard. I forgot that I have to read the questions, so whenever it goes quiet, it's always on me to do this here. Um, at Elliot Rusin H1, this was without Kevin McCuller, which I think was pretty impressive, but is this a new normal for the team, or is it just a good blip in form? Time will tell. Normal at Allen Fieldhouse. They don't lose at Allen, and they never really will. Not consistently, at least. Uh, yeah, I want to see them on the road. I, I, I mean, I don't want to see them go on the road without mcculler but i i need to see them play well and win a road game without mcculler before i can be like yeah they're fixed but there definitely is something without mcculler where i think you're never gonna say they're better with mcculler than not or without mcculler than with but the offense does look a little cleaner without mcculler who had some five for 16 games like I mean is this time it did not in lubbock no but there we it also did against oklahoma state albeit not very good and but it also it didn't lo- against baylor uh, yeah, that's true. 
That's true. It might be an opponent thing. I'm not sure. Because the worst two teams on there are Oklahoma State and Texas, uh, who they were the ones that they railed. Um, Gonna miss you, Nick, adds Elliot. Love your input on the show. Going to try to enjoy it while it lasts. Ooh, also says, P.S. Let me know if you're ever looking for a new co-host with a wink face. That, sir, I'm gonna put that in my pocket. And I may have to I may have to revisit that. That is interesting. Appreciate the appreciate that. We're just taking anyone here on ITP. If you if you have a if you're breathing and you have an interest in in talking, then uh, you can talk. Maybe if that's I, ASL, maybe it's think... verbal. <laughs> Do you think we should let Nick be Coach K and pick his replacement by hand? I think we should do. I, I, a, I just can't. I can't represent someone process. has to represent the brand. Like who is going to be funny on the show if I'm gone? And we're just gonna hear that's fair, and we're gonna hear a bunch of drops about inappropriate oh, come on. things. <laughs> Nick has the most chaotic, <laughs> and, and, and Ryan has the loudest. But I have the most witty comments. Yeah, so Nick is like, guys, my employer listens. We must be careful. And then he's also like, Ryan, why do you hate all the black coaches? And it's like, whoa, sir. How can we do all that? Like, Nick, Nick is chaotic energy. I am just chaotic. And Landon is like the, Landon is the cool hippie that's just like, hey, man, that's fair. <laughs> I'll take that. That's fair. I, that wasn't even on purpose. That wasn't even on purpose. I didn't even mean to say that. <laughs> And now I the only thing missing from that is Nick scrambling and be like, no, you have to beep that. You have to beep that now. <laughs> only and that shows Nick's really out of cares to give at this point. I think. Um, at J Two Wills, how often do you wear Kansas gear during the week? Oh, that's a good question. How often do you guys wear KU clothes? I have like two shirts that sometimes I wear. Sometimes one says Rock Chalk Blog on it. I don't wear that one anymore. It's what, it's what? so faded. It was really cool. I did wear that one all the time when I had it. What? Not T anymore. Public? A t-shirt from T Public didn't last through the test of time? <laughs> Shocking, I know. Uh, mm. So may- maybe once a week? Once hey, the good news week? is you've had it for like six years now, so it probably the vinegar smell has probably worn off of it by this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But washing it didn't help either because washing also made it more faded. Right, yeah. You have to wash it inside out, which is a trick my wife taught me that I thought was annoying because I hated putting away laundry with all the inside-out shirts. It saves logos, though. True. I'm getting old. I'm giving you laundry tips at this point. See a gray hair forming. Nick, you went to KU. Uh, you have to wear KU gear quite a bit. Uh, I have, like, nine jer- KU jerseys. Um, have probably... I mean, I don't wear a lot of KU shirts, but I probably have about, like, 30 and Nick is a corporate guru now, so he probably wears, like, uh, friggin' uh, Tommy Hilger polos and khakis every day, right? That's how I envision you at your... Um, I, no, not every day. We have, a, we have a really... I don't know, since COVID, the office environment's gotten really, really casual. Like, yeah. you know, business casual used to be polo and slacks, and now it's more like, if you come up with jeans and a t-shirt on, then and you're not completely nude when you walk into the office, you'll be okay. <laughs> So the business casual my go-to is the sweaters. I'm a sweaters guy. You know why? I'll wear sweaters in July and I'll wear sweaters in January because everyone's like, it's it's hot outside and you're wearing sweaters. Yeah, I don't sit outside. My desk isn't out on the front lawn. Like, it's cold in the building regardless of what time of year it is. I keep it the same temperature. I actually think that- my justification for wearing shorts when it was freezing out. Yeah, because inside the building, it's still 75 degrees. Like, I actually think that most office buildings and hospitals and all the, all the, basically any sort of indoor place, restaurants, I think that they're colder in the middle of the summer than they are in the middle of the winter. 
Well, yeah, because they have the AC on. Yeah, so I'm a sweaters guy. Regardless of the year, regardless of the time of year, I, I got Under Armour on underneath and a sweater every single day I go to work. And sometimes, don't judge, I'm married, I wear my wife's leggings under the black slacks or khakis I wear. It's basically long underwear at that point because my legs get cold. Landon and Nick both know that I am a eternally freezing person i am wearing long sleeves and 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 sweats when it's 96 degrees outside you guys have played the charity softball games with me and how much visible skin is there when we're playing softball in the middle of the summer yeah you even got tattoos and i think you still had the compression sleeve over your new tattoos <laughs> which hurt because i had just gotten it and i'm just like well i'd rather be in pain than be cold what are we doing here <laughs> yeah i wear ku clothes quite a bit uh, I'm a, I'm a much more casual dresser, I think, than either of these two. I wear, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm t-shirts and like long pants, like 95% of the time. All right. Maybe, maybe at least I'm more casual dressing than Nick is because of, of your, your office setting. Uh, and I wear, yeah, I wear it, it KU or chief something like I'm wearing a, a, a Jayhawks long sleeve shirt right now. Like it's, it's my go-to comfort clothes, I guess several times a week, especially in this part of the year. And any hoodie or sweatshirt I wear has a long sleeve shirt. It is 75 degrees outside. Yeah. Uh, what temperature does it have to be for you to wear short sleeves outside? Like if you're outside for more than 10 minutes, how warm does it have to be outside before you are comfortable Uh, in t-shirt and shorts? 45. Oh, Uh, that's great. That's crazy to be comfortable in t-shirt and shorts. Uh, like 65. No, no, it's like at worst 50. Let me give you a breakdown, bro. You guys didn't know the, the, the thing of public high school or you had guys, every guy in the class would show up to, to in, in shorts when it's 30 degrees outside in the winter. I've been to Allen Fieldhouse enough times to see people walking from their dorms to the building when it's zero degrees outside in shorts or women are in just leggings. And I'm like, there's no way that you're not freezing your literal buns off. I, I think it's hilarious when people that went to public school are like, well, because you didn't go to public school, you didn't experience uh, life. I, I'm, 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 I'm aware of, of men wearing shorts in the cold. I, I was one of those men. <laughs> yeah, Landon's from Michigan, sir. They don't even own long pants up there. Shorts the instant February hits because it's not as cold as January. Uh, and, yeah, the, the whole, if it's under 60, it's freezing. If it's in the 60s, it's chilly. If it's in the 70s, it's better. If it's in the 80s, it's good. High 80s, 80s ideal. 90s is warm. 100s hot. is hot. That's psycho. Nin- the out the outdoor ideal temperature is probably 86, 88, somewhere around there. Ugh. That like sounds 70 maybe. Nice. Come from a family of jacked up thyroids and I weigh 125 pounds. I am not long for the cold weather. Which if you're ever if the three of us ever get stranded on a camping trip, you can kill and eat me first because I don't want to be there. <laughs> I don't have much meat you on the bones. Easily the least meat, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Someone can take. Uh, someone can. It can. It can keep you held over for six hours. At K Eden fourteen, how long does Bill Self stay at Kansas? And then adds ten more years? Question mark. Absolutely not. No. Definitely not ten. Maybe five. Self doesn't. Self's got grandkids. I don't think he wants to do this much longer. I think Kansas would be lucky to get five years more out of Bill Self. I think three to five is the answer. And I also think there's a shot that if he like wins a natty in two, he's gone. 
Yeah, I think, I, and it'll be quiet. You know how Self's going to do it. It's going to be like Roy. There's not going to be any warning signs. It's just, gonna, you're going to get on Twitter one day and see Bill Self has announced he's retiring. He's not going to be like the way a it should be done. Well, it's done like that by everybody, right? Let me just look at my list here. Uh, Bayheim did it that way. Nick Saban did it that way. Jay Wright did it that way. Am I missing anybody who handled it differently? I got one. I don't have a goat sound. Also, LeBron James, who's like, I don't know if I want a farewell tour. I'm not, I don't really like praise. Okay. You can't see the hand gesture I'm doing right now, but it's quite offensive. Just ridiculous. The only farewell tour that I liked was Kobe's. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Kobe's was cool. Uh, Derek Jeter's was nauseating. Uh, Don't need that. His final game was cool, though. And the Royals beat him in his last, uh, his last, and Derek Jeter day. And then I guess his last home game, he had a walk-off single because all he did was hit singles. At KUJHawks underscore fan, thoughts on Kevin's injury? Bad. They need him back to be able to beat the, the top teams. Correct. At BabyJ2024, is Nick is Nicholas Timberlake the greatest player to ever rep the Crimson and Blue? Uh, yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Short. I mean, it's, just it's a, maybe, maybe Wilt first, but yeah. That's close. Flip a coin. Flip one of those nickels. Uh, at uh, Chris from at Sir- Nick underscore Wiper, uh, is <laughs> Remy Martin the best player in March yeah. in the history of college basketball? Yeah. Uh, I love Remy Martin, but he was the fourth best player on that team in the tournament. Uh, and uh, you got- Go ahead, argue with me. We don't have a lot of time, but tell me I'm wrong. Just tell me Even yes or no. Even if you said I- he was the best team player on that team in March, he's still like, on Kansas alone, he's probably like barely top 10, if that. David McCormick scored 50 points Haters. in the last two rounds of the tournament. He is at, right there with Danny Manning, as far as I'm concerned, best March <sighs> performers. Like, really. David McCormick is one of the greatest tournament performers in the history of Kansas basketball. Remy Martin was great. Remy Martin was the fourth best player in March that year. He was very he, important. He was not better than the guy that made six threes in the Final Four. He was not better than the guy who should have won Most Outstanding Player. And he was not better than the guy who led them in Nash- who led the National Championship game in scoring and had three double-doubles in the tournament. He was great, though. At Chris Serco, too. Where do you think Oklahoma and Texas will finish in the SEC next year? Perfect send-off to send them to the SEC by kicking their Hold on. Ass. There it is. Uh, Texas should be better than they will be, and Oklahoma feels like seven and eleven. Yeah, I think they'll both finish very close to the middle. Texas will have a new coach very soon. Oklahoma might too. If you ever have Ask RCBs, use the Twitter hashtag AskRCB. Or don't. All right, let's just go ahead and start with this. <laughs> <laughs> Number 12, BYU at number 13, Kansas. That's the net rankings, by the way. BYU is still ahead of Kansas. On Tuesday, February 27th at 7 o'clock at night. In all honesty, BYU will probably be out of the top 25 because they lost to Kansas State. They are 19-8 and overall, 7-7 and in Big 12 play, and this is their first game in the fog since 1971. BYU's front court is led by 6-7, hybrid Jackson Robinson, uh, who leads the team with 14 points per game. Everyone on this team can shoot. So it's 35% three-point mark. Doesn't even stand out, but he is a good player. Can knock it down from behind the arc. Uh, For whatever reason, he doesn't start despite leading the team uh, in scoring and having played in every game. They start 6'11", Noah Waterman at the four, and 6'11", Ali Khalifa from Egypt. Darn it! Come on! I thought I'd get you with that! Read it! I'm aware of Mia Khalifa enough to not say that. I was hoping somebody would be like, what's that? But rats. Uh, they also throw in... Uh, I don't six, really know six. who she... Oh, I... I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> Don't uh, Google that. Big uh, Fusenye Traor. Fusenye. Uh, From Mali. Uh, this team has lots of lineup combinations, and unlike the Jayhawks, has a very deep bench. Yep, a lot of bigs. Uh, the backcourt features lots of balance, but every player is basically the same. Trevin Snell averages 11 points per game. He's white. Uh, Spencer Johnson averages 11 points per game. He is white. Uh, Richie Sanders <laughs> averages 9 points per game. He's white. Then there's TJ Hawes, who is white. I'm kidding on TJ Haas. He's not actually still there, uh, but he might as well be because they He's all white, look though. like TJ Haas. He is white. All those guys make threes. Nell is the best. He didn't make any in K- at K State. So, oh boy, remember yeah, the gift. Get ready for five of seven. There is only one thing of importance with BYU statistically, as it's no secret what they plan to do. This, this team averages. Like if Kansas had a nightmare about a team that yeah, beat them. It is. We're going to find out here if we're right. <laughs> this team averages 11 threes and 32 three point attempts per game. Which is pretty sexy. It is. Top three nationally in both categories. They make 35% of their threes as a team, which the, the percentage doesn't really matter here. They shoot so many of them that 35% can be nothing when they're getting nothing inside. Or if they're getting decent interior offense and they're drawing fouls, 35% can put you over the top of 100. It's a weird offense. Uh, But all they do is launch. Now, only Kansas has more assists per game than BYU of every team in D1 basketball as a result of that style. They're also a very good rebounding team. They grab 40 per game for 20th nationally. A lot of length, not a lot of stockiness aside from that one center that's that's a big, big boy. Uh, but the rest of them just kind of 6'10 and long, kind of have the Chet Holmgren build a little bit. Uh, they're a dynamite offensive team when they're making shots, but the weaknesses are on the defensive end of the ball. They're poor guarding both two-point and three-point, which eh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, opponents can wreck them at the basket. Hunter Dickinson should have a huge game. And they're prone to enormous free throw discrepancies because of the contrast of playing styles. They don't draw a lot of fouls. They don't have a lot of interest in shooting twos. Good free throw shooting team doesn't get there a lot. But again, it all comes down to... They're going to take 30 plus threes. Probably more, if we're being honest, because they're going to likely have to keep up at Allen Fieldhouse, I would bet they take close to 43s in this game. Which, if they hit their average, is, jeez, 14 freaking makes? Kansas is 4-1 and one all-time against BYU. Their only loss coming in a trip to Provo in 1960. They've only played the Cougars twice in the last 50 years. Uh, once in Maui in 2019. And in round 32 back in 1993. Both easy dubs for Kansas. Uh, so Ken Palm has them barely projected to win this. They have Kansas as a one-point favorite in this game. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, they BYU has posted some really good numbers. And if you look at the net, which is hilarious, so BYU is 12 and Kansas is 13. Kansas, against quad one opponents, has three more wins than BYU, 7-5 and five against 4-6. and six. They have one more quad two win, 5-0 and oh against 4-2. and two. But BYU with those five quad four wins more than Kansas, 9-0 and oh against quad four, despite having a worse overall record, a worse conference record, a worse quad one record, a worse quad two record, and a worse record at home, somehow, some way, BYU better. Make it make sense. That was both of them trying to make it make sense, and they they can't. 
you can't make the argument. Uh, what happens in this game? Here's my prediction. I predict Spencer Johnson's going to make some threes. I predict that Richie Saunders is going to make some threes. I predict Trevin Nell's going to make some threes. I predict Noah Waterman's going to dribble his lanky ass out there on the three-point line and launch a couple of threes and make them. I predict that uh, BYU's uh, managers off the bench who are 24 and all have lost all their hair, I predict they're going to go out there and make some threes. And then after all that, I think Kansas wins because I don't think that, that BYU's defense is going to be able to stop KU. Uh, I'm going to say Kansas 88, BYU 83. I think it's a really close game, though. I think BYU's going to score a lot of points. Yeah, I do think uh, high scoring is definitely the way to bet here. Uh, I'm going to take Kansas also to win because uh, I just don't think they're going to lose an Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, give me Kansas 81-77. Give me Kansas 197, to, uh, BYU <laughs> 156. Wow, 41-point win. That's crazy. It, that's Alabama logic. That's to hang a 31-point point win. Still get blown out. So according Sorry, to you're Ken... homeschooling can't spell or count. Yeah, you had to know that was coming, sir. If anything, homeschoolers should be able to count because they all they do is count. Well, if homes, if us homeschoolers counted our friends, we wouldn't be able to count very high numbers. All so they do is eat orange slices and uh, sit in their house with no TV. Celery with no peanut butter to dip it in, just the celery <laughs> itself. Kansas is the, uh, according to Ken Palm, which is usually more accurate than the net, Kansas is 10th in adjusted deficiency. BYU is 9th in adjusted offensive efficiency. So that's a pretty... this podcast is first in adjusted deficiency. Yeah, see, that's where it gets interesting here. Uh, So they're saying BYU's offense should roughly cancel out Kansas's defense, but KU's offense is much better than BYU's defense, according to these metrics. That's where Kansas should be able to do well. I don't think BYU has the athletes that Kansas does. Dickinson should play well. And realistically, if the Kansas wins this game probably by a decently comfortable margin, if BYU doesn't make double digit threes. Right? Like they average double digit threes, but they're gonna that's still easier said than done. They're gonna have to make 12, 13 threes to really give themselves a chance to win this game. That's asking a lot at a tough environment of Allen Fieldhouse, where if you believe in the defensive numbers, Kansas only allowing opponents to shoot twenty nine percent on threes this year. But I think Kansas for the will, challenge. If anyone was literally tailor made to give Kansas this trouble, it would be this way. Yep. Other games. West Virginia at the Octagon of Doom. I wonder how much tickets that this game cost. I bet $6. it's great. West Virginia, Kansas State tickets. Let's give it a Google here. I'll just go over to SeatGeek here. Uh, the Kansas game was over a hundred. Oh, seven dollars. That's hey. shocking. Pretty close, sir. You were uh, you missed it by a buck. Uh, speaking of missing, that's what West Virginia will do a lot of in this game. K State goes for two straight at home. Agreed. Yep. Only one team in Kansas loses to West Virginia. Damn it, Bill! Number 11, Baylor at TCU. Really, really torn here. Baylor hasn't won in a week and a half. And they have Kansas on Saturday. I, I think they go into Fort Worth and win. I think they're better than their record. Horn Frogs. Uh, I'll go TCU. Cincinnati at number two, Houston. I wish that Kansas got to play Cincinnati twice. I guess they got to play Oklahoma State twice. Pretty close. Uh, Houston big. Yes. Correct. Texas at number 23, Texas Tech. These rankings are all going to shift, by the way. Uh, hmm. Should I do it? Do Texas Tech. 
Texas Tech's really good at home. Yeah, I'll say Texas wins. I'll say they went on the road. I'll give me the Red Raiders. Hmm. Texas Tech. Oklahoma at number six. Iowa State. No upset here. Give me the Cyclones at home. Yep. UCF yeah. at Oklahoma State. Sorry, I thought Nick said yes. It was just a foregone conclusion. Knights at Cowboys. 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 Probably, but, like, they just lost at the buzzer in overtime. Like, they could totally just not care about this game. I will say they win, but still. Other games. Good luck figuring out what to do with Kentucky because I'm going to make you pick every Kentucky game. They are on the road at a Mississippi State team who has one less win in conference play than they do. Can they win? No. Kentucky yeah, I wins. Think, I think it's a decently easy one to see coming. I think Kentucky off that game, yeah, I think they fall right on their caboose and Mississippi State wins. Number 14, Auburn at number 5, Tennessee. Good game here, offense versus defense. I will go with Barnes because the calendar says it's not yet March. Correct. Bama. Hmm? Hmm. Damn it, Bill! Sir, uh, you want to try that again? Sorry, I meant the other... Uh, no, I'll go Tennessee. Sorry. I was thinking Auburn in my head. All right. Now you can pick Bama. Number 13, Alabama at Chris Beard's yes. Ole Miss team. Yes. Probably, yeah, I guess. Alabama. Number what a 20 great South... coaching matchup that is. Two just yeah. great dudes. Uh, but one's actually good at coaching offense. Number 20, South Carolina at Texas A&M. A&M's awful. I'll take the Gamecocks. Aggies. South Carolina. And number four, Arizona hits the road and plays Arizona State. Uh, probably the last chance for Arizona to win. They're better, but rivalry games are weird. What say you? Uh, this should be Arizona. Sure. I don't think it's really that close either. Arizona State just got their big home win, and now it's going to, yeah, I think Arizona wins big. All right, so next show, Thursday night, probably, right? There's only a few games, right? We always record Thursday. We'll have a show to you by Friday one way or the other. Jayhawks at Baylor on Saturday. After this, there's just three regular season games left. And then we get to do Big 12 tournament shows. Oh, aren't your nipples hard for that? Oh, so hard, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so excited to do. Now, you know who? You know what time window the number three seed in the Big 12 tournament plays, don't you? That feels like it's the 5 o'clock window, maybe 6. It's that 9 o'clock window oh, with yeah. all the other games. So I hope you guys are ready to either do late night or early morning number three Kansas versus number six Texas Tech recaps. It's what we do. Best time of year as Nick is even uh, Nick is continuing to pat himself on the back for getting out of this after this season. This is Inside the Paint on Rock Chalk Blog. Uh, I am Ryan Landreth, but more importantly, I am praying for Kyle Filipowski. <laughs> Uh, who, who, who should I be? Um, I'm the guy who's going to lose. Pick him again. Yep, that's not a surprise. I'm off this show in like 10 shows, so. <laughs> I, I think your next show, are you, there was a milestone. So the next show is 450. Landon has been on 248. You're almost at 250. Nick still needs uh, 15 more shows after this. Uh, yeah, 15 more shows you need to get to 250. Sir, I don't know if you're going to get there. You better, uh, you oh, better have... I'd be so devastated if I didn't get there. <laughs> you, need, uh, you need Bill to make a hell of a run is all I'll say. We'll see. Do it for Nick. Do it for Nick. All right, bye. Bye. 
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.